0: Your kids are belong to me.
1: You've heard me say it many times about our children, but it's true. They're all our children. And the the reason you're the teachers of the year is because you recognize that. They're not somebody else's children. They're like yours when they're in the classroom.
0: They are not your children. They're your children if you're the teacher, right? Parents? Or wait, I'm confused. Are they your children parents? Or are they your children teachers? Whose children are they? Apparently, the White House is confused, Biden is confused, the teachers are confused, parents are you confused too? Let's talk about this. Whose children are they? Your children are belong to me? Question mark? I know, I know, that was the most terrible grammar that I've ever experienced and said and I know, so... Don't get mad at me. I'm making a joke. The joke is your children are belong to me. Or apparently it's not a joke. Apparently the Biden White House really does believe that your children belong to them. Your children belong to the state. Your children belong to the school. The teachers own your children and are in charge of teaching your children, not just by proxy or by job, but literally they have the authority and responsibility over your children, and you, the parent, don't get to have them. Let's watch that clip one more time if you missed it the first time.
1: You've heard me say it many times about our children, but it's true. They're all our children. And the the reason you're the teachers of the year is because you recognize that. They're not somebody else's children. They're like yours when they're in the classroom.
0: They're not someone else's children. They're your children. This is terrifying on the one hand, but also probably a great argument, maybe one of the best arguments for homeschool. And I have a lot of arguments for homeschool or other parochial, parochial or private school. But anyway, that's a side point. What is the main point is here, actually, I think his point is kind of true. If you're leaving your kids with the teachers for hours a day, for weeks a month, for months a year, they are functionally raising your kids, not you. And is that what you want? Is that what you Think your children should be experiencing. Maybe it is. Maybe this is the world that you want your kids growing up in. Maybe this is the world that you want your kids learning from and growing in. As we've looked at some of the critical race theory stuff. As we've looked at some of the gender theory and LGBTQAI plus hashtag dollar sign apology. And, and it, like maybe this is really what you want your kids learning and growing up in. For me, it's not. I don't want my kids growing up in that. I don't want my kids learning that. I have a lot more uh, resources as we'll get through that. And if you missed it, I'll be posting the talk about Disney that I did uh, in the last couple of weeks, which contains a lot of information about what is going on in the classroom. Yes, it's about Disney, and there's some issues that we need to look at and learn from Disney, but that's really the symptom. That's not the problem. Disney is not the problem. Disney is a symptom of this culture and What we just heard from the president, that they really believe, the left believes, the teachers unions believe, the Department of Education believes, the White House and the president of the United States believe that your kids belong to them, not to you. Uh, Let's look at this next clip from him, because I think this is also telling, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in relation.
1: Today, there are too many politicians trying to score political points, trying to ban books. Even math books. I mean, did you ever think, even the younger teachers, did you ever think when I mean, you'd be teaching, you'd be worrying about book burnings and banning books? All because it doesn't fit somebody's political agenda.
0: So if you're not familiar, what he's referring to is specifically in Florida, but also other states as well, some of the books have been removed because, and they're math books, and they've been removed because those books contain not only math, but also things like, critical race theory, gender theory in math, it will say like, what about your two moms? Or it will say, what about racism in a math book? This is the problem. Math should be about math. Would you have a problem if a math book said two plus two equals five and you said, hey, I don't think the math book that says two plus two equals five should be in our library or our school curriculum because it's not teaching true things. I don't think anybody would have a problem with that. Well, most people, though there is this weird contingent. There really is a weird contingent of people that are trying to equate 2 plus 2 equals 5. That's a whole other topic, and I'm not getting into that today. Anyway, but apparently it's okay to say 2 plus 2 moms equal different siblings. or I, I mean, this is the reality that we're in, and that's what he's talking about. He's equating book burning with... Should your math book contain critical race theory? Should your math book contain gender ideology or LGBTQ activism? I think many parents would say, no, a math book should not contain that. But should any class contain that? And I'll flip the script on the other side. If you are a teacher and you say, hey, then, if you say book burning is bad, if you say banning books from the classroom and from the library is bad, hey teacher or hey administrator or hey department of education, then can I teach anything from the Bible? The Bible, you know, the most important book in the history of the world, the Bible, you know, the basis for all of Western civilization, you know, the Bible, a wonderful literary example, plus the Bible also happens to be true. And the answer would be, quite emphatically, no teacher, you cannot teach anything from that book. That book is banned. The other books, the you know, the cartoon book that shows a young boy being sexually groomed by an adult man. Oh, yeah, that's actually in the school library. I'm not making an exaggeration. I'm not making a joke. That book has been found in school libraries around the country. Or how about critical race theory and math, as we just talked about it? Yeah, that's fine. Are all books good? no. Why? Because you only have so much time in your day, and you can only read and learn certain things. This is an exercise in morality, as we've talked about over and over and over again. Education is not neutral, and it never really has been. You either teach good morality or you teach bad morality. We've talked about many times, but this culture has exchanged good ideas for bad ideas and bad ideas for good ideas. They're literally exactly topsy-turvy. The left thinks, free sexual expression and gender theory and critical race theory and all of the other theories are the good morality. And if you hold a different morality, a biblical morality, a traditional morality, a morality based in reality, that a man is a man and a woman is a woman, period, then you're banned from the classroom. But all these other things, not banned, and in fact, very encouraged, and we need to do these. And that's, I mean, so there's a moral application that this comes to, that are are you going to live in morality? Are you going to live in reality and acknowledge that there's a morality to literally everything you teach? And one of these sides wants to teach you morality based on a free expression of gender ideology with literally no end to it. And it is morality and it is even a religion per se, because it says if we all accept and agree on these theories, if we all accept and embrace and include these theories in our lives, in our world, then we will reach this utopia, this paradise on earth. I'm not making a hyperbole. Again, this is really what people believe, that if we all get along with this, then everything will be wonderful, and we'll get to the end of the rainbow. I showed you the unicorn, the gender unicorn the other day, that comes with a unicorn and rainbows. You can look it up online if you don't believe me about the gender unicorn. It's a real thing. It's really taught in schools. It actually... Post dates, another thing that's called the gender, gender genderbred, not man. I was going to say genderbred man, but that's not inclusive. It's the genderbred person. I apologize. The genderbred person. I had to search my memory banks for a second. The genderbred person. Another thing you can look up that now has been replaced mostly by the gender unicorn. Again, you can look up either of those things. Those are taught in many schools across America in younger grades. They really are. If you don't believe me, just go ask uh, teachers, go ask your administrators, Many of them say, this is good and healthy, and we need this. The conservative, the biblical, theological view is... Hey, this is not something we should be teaching, especially to children, but I would argue really to anybody. It's not, if if you are an adult and you want to go learn about things, you go learn about whatever you want to learn about. But children don't need this kind of education. Then there's just the practicality of it. You only have so many hours in the day and you can only teach a certain amount of things and Shakespeare has been eliminated and uh, other literature has been eliminated. The Bible, as we talked about, has obviously been eliminated, even if you just study it for literature's sake, which of course it is. An incredible example of just literature. Plus, of course, as I mentioned, it's true that has been eliminated from classrooms. So you're left with these choices and the left would say you have to teach these theories because these are the most important theories in the universe, in the world. They they really would say this. But you only have so much time, so you have to eliminate these other things. You have to eliminate regular math. You have to eliminate literature. You have to eliminate Bible. You have to eliminate other things to make room for these other theories. And some of us are now saying, hey, I don't want these theories in the classroom. I don't want these theories to be taught to my children. And it creates this weird thing where we get to the Department of Homeland Security saying that moms and dads showing up to school board meetings can be classified as domestic terrorists. Again, that's not a joke. That really has happened. So all of this new theory leads us to a clip that went viral over the last little bit. And it's not a new clip. It's a couple years old. And it, but what it does is it kind of connects this Disney drama and the immediate embrace of the far-left agenda and the LGBT cultural revolution. And it connects all of these things together. This is not a new problem. As I've mentioned, Disney is not the problem per se. It is just a symptom of our overall culture. And that's what we're seeing more and more and more. This clip is from three years ago. It's on ABC, the parent company of Disney, with the hosts of Good Morning America, Good Morning America, embracing, endorsing, and encouraging an 11-year-old boy to be a drag queen. I'm sorry I have to play this, but because it went viral and because people are cheering this on, we have to look at it and we have to talk about it. gonna go ahead and cut it there if you were just listening and you weren't watching this is an 11 year old boy dressed up as a drag queen intentionally and celebrated on this abc show good morning america with michael strahan celebrating there's another host i don't know who it is i don't watch good morning america i don't really care but the point is everyone is cheering and celebrating this 11 year old boy who's dressing up as a drag queen and this is a good thing according to the culture now if you watch this clip if you were just listening okay I can give you a pass because you don't really understand what's going on. But if you go back and you watch this clip and you think this is a good part of society, like it's a good thing that we're encouraging little boys to be drag queens, then you have lost it with the rest of the culture and you don't have purchase on reality. There's no easy way to say that. We really have to start understanding when we see these kinds of things. And just over the weekend, I don't have the clip, I'll, I'll post it in the next couple of days, but Discovery Plus is now showing a little boy's. Drag Queens Show. again, I wish I could say I was making this up. I'm not making it up. This is a thing that that is going on right now, and uh, Discovery Plus is showing a a show that is little boys and how their lives have been changed by becoming drag queens. I'm talking boys in their low teens. Uh, this is not good for society, and it's not good for these boys. and I mean I it's really it really breaks my heart to see this celebrated and encouraged, and this is where we are. This is where we are as a culture, and this is what Disney symbolizes. Again, if you didn't watch my whole thing about Disney, go and watch it uh, at churchpublic.com. You can go to the video tab. I'll post that in a little bit, Um, uh, or uh, some of the other ones that I've done on Disney. But again, Disney is a problem. It's not the problem. The problem is that as a culture, we have adopted this idea that uh, free sex is fine Kids should be told this at super young ages, as young as kindergarten, about these things. And the only rule is consent. So as long as you consent, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter who you do it with. Everything is fine. Those are really bad foundations of morality. And we've eliminated the Bible and said, it's fine. Just get rid of the Bible. We don't need it. And so this is where we are. And this is where we are as a school because, I mean, even from the beginning, if you go back and read John Dewey, if, if you never have heard of John Dewey, you probably think Dewey Decimal System, fine, whatever. But John Dewey, basically the founder of all of modern education. If you go back and read some of the ideas that he had, he was clearly a, a Marxist, a communist. He really wanted to indoctrinate the kids. There are many quotes that you can go find. I'll find one in the next couple of days and post it for you um, that he says to really educate children in the way they should go, according to Dewey, which is in a communist way, clearly. But to really do that, you have to remove them from families and the church. He literally says stuff like this in his writing all over the place. It wasn't a secret that he wanted to remove kids from the family. He wanted to remove kids from the church. And he even wanted to remove kids from actual information and learning because then you could fill their heads with whatever you wanted to. Like, this is really what he stood for. And he is the modern godfather of the educational system. Like, this is the system that we use. And so this leads us to the newest thing, because we have to go back to Twitter, and we have to talk about Twitter, and we have to talk about this crazy thing that happened um, that accidentally kind of got got put out there because it didn't sound like they really wanted to tell everybody about it. But, but the... Um, The director of Homeland Security, I don't think I have this this slide for you, Um, but the uh, uh, Mayorkas testified in another hearing at the Department of Homeland Security that the Department of Homeland Security is creating a disinformation governance board. And that only came a couple of days after that Elon Musk had said he's buying Twitter. So the Department of Homeland Security creates this disinformation governance board. So we gotta talk about this a little bit and, and I'll talk about it more as we as we move on uh, in, in some other episodes, but I but I wanna hit on this today too because it's it's just so crazy. So is this a good thing? First question is this a good thing? Will this department of or, or this is disinformation governance board really stop disinformation and bad characters from causing violence and terrorism? Well, let's look at who's running this. The Department of Homeland Security. And this person called Nina Jankowitz and there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff coming out about her, and she apparently is a singer, so she sings a lot of songs or makes up a lot of songs. Um, again, I guess I apologize in advance, but I'm gonna play you just one of these wonderful songs from the head of the disinformation governance board of a, a, a sub segment of the Department of Homeland Security in the United States of America. Here you go. it's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie. When Rudy Giuliani shared that intel from Ukraine, or when TikTok influencers say COVID can cause pain, they're laundering disinfo, and we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet, voice or vote. Oh, <laughs> it's not super often that I'm speechless, and I've watched that a lot of times at this point. I've watched it, so so you don't have to as much, but um, it's. Wow. Anyway, if you weren't watching, it was just this lady um, who is now the head of the disinformation governance board of the United States of America under the Department of Homeland Security, who's singing the tune of supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, while I got through that one, in from the movie Mary Poppins, with the words of, here's some disinformation that we really have to watch out for, like COVID and, um, and, and lies about the election and all these other things, and um, So the question is, who's running this? Is this a person who is constitutional? Is this a person who is a lawyer? Is this a person who is interested in truth, period, no matter what the truth finds out? Or is it perhaps a person who is clearly left-wing, clearly a political activist, clearly has all the talking points of the left that we've seen over the past several years and wants to move more of that at the general public? Yeah, it's probably the second one, but you go and research that and figure out for yourself. And I'm, I'm sure there's more of this that I'll talk about. You can go and look at uh, this person, this leader's tweets. Uh, they're, to me, decidedly left, decidedly anti-free speech. Uh, this is the post on Twitter that Nina... Gave, she said, "Here's my official portrait to grab your attention." Period. Now that I've got it, a huge, in caps, focus of our work, and indeed one of the key reasons the board was established is to maintain the department's that's Department of Homeland Security, the department's commitment to protecting free speech, privacy, civil rights, and civil civil liberties. American flag emoji. But if you believe this person, whom just saying this wonderful, super califragilistic expialidocious, man, I missed it the second time. Anyway. If the person who sang that song is really about free speech, you may want to look a little bit closer at some of their ideas, at some of her ideas into, into what free speech really is. And this idea of disinformation, that's more than just misinformation. Misinformation is just something that's wrong. Disinformation is the motive that you have wrong information and you're going to share it for the intention of harming someone else. And this party who clearly and have said clearly, even this uh, person, Nina Jankovic, has said that speech is actually violence. So you see that this is actually a thing to stop speech that they believe is violence and that they disagree with. And I'm sure I'll speak more about this in the coming days as this is unfolding. But just remember that Orwell in his book 1984, and I hate to bring this up all the time, but Orwell in the book 1984 had this main organization that, uh, as a part of the government that is called the Ministry of Truth, literally called in the book the Ministry of Truth, but that, that ministry was not really in the service of promoting true things, but rather the goal was to silence anything the government didn't like. This literal Orwellian Ministry of Truth removed all trace of anything that was offensive to the government, regardless of whether it was true or not. Question, will the Disinformation Board, newly founded by the Department of Homeland Security of the United States of America, Will this board be the same as the Ministry of Truth? Will it stop foreign influences? Well, again, we just have to look back at the federal government sponsoring agency, the Department of Homeland Security. What is the goal of the Department of Homeland Security? And if you don't remember, this department was founded after 9-11 to find domestic terrorism. That means terrorists inside America, not foreign agents, but people, normal people, some terrorists, but normal people who are inside of America. This board is not even meant to design or designed to stop foreign influences. It's rather designed to stop domestic terror, you know, like moms at school board meetings or dads that don't like their children being taught about CRT or LGBTQ issues in grade school or social media posts that go against the quote unquote science trademark patent pending. These are the things. Go back and listen to the song again. Pause it right here. Go back. Listen to the song again. Listen to the words she says about LGBT issues and social uh, social media issues and election issues and quote-unquote science issues. All I can say is this is most certainly not a step in the direction of free speech in America. But, Christian, let me talk to you for a moment. What I want to say is don't despair. Don't lose hope. Stay the course. Run the race. Keep the faith. Jesus is still in control. We are still in the plan of God. And one day, every knee, every tribe, every tongue, every nation will bow before the throne of God, Psalm 86, 9, Ephesians four, ten. Revelation five, thirteen. Now, it must be said that while we are here on earth, things could, and it looks like they probably will, get a little bit worse for you and for me. So, my encouragement is we must be ready. We must prepare for the spiritual battle that already rages around us. Some of you feel it. Some of you see it. Some of you are in it. But that's why I bring you these stories. Not to discourage you, but to make you aware that we are already in the fight. You can choose to stand up. You can choose to be in it. You can choose to put on the full armor of God, Ephesians 6. Or you can let the battle knock you down. You can choose to lead your family and your children in spiritual development. You can help train them to be spiritually mature. Parent, this is your responsibility. This is not the responsibility of the teachers. It's really not even the responsibility of the pastors and the church leaders, though they can help. And I love the local church. I'm just saying primarily parent. This is your responsibility to help grow your child to be spiritually mature, not just math, not just science, not just other practical skills. What are you doing to help them grow spiritually? Parent. This is your responsibility, and there is no neutral ground. For too long, we have lived, fat and happy, in this land of plenty, and forgotten that we are actually in a battle. We have been for 2,000 years, but in the past couple hundred years in America, we've felt like the battle is over or it's on a break or everything's fine and we're fat and happy and wonderful and everything's at peace. And we've forgotten that we're actually in a spiritual battle. Again, go and read Ephesians 6. If you don't believe me, you don't have to trust in me. We've given our children over to Caesar and expected them to come back belonging to Christ. Now is the time. Train your child in the way they should go. Proverbs 22, 6. So today I'm going to end with a longer passage because I believe it speaks volume to our present state. I want to read out of 2 Timothy 3.16. 2 Timothy uh, 3. I'm actually going to start at 2 Timothy 3.10. You, however, know about my teaching, my way of life. And this is Paul talking. My purpose, my faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, suffering. What kind of things happened to me in Antioch? And he says some other places. Um, Paul goes on and says, Yet the Lord rescued me for all of them. Verse 12, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted, while evildoers, imposters, will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you and me, continue in what you have learned, what you have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you've known the scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scriptures God breathed is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is the bottom line, Christian. We have the scriptures, we have the experience of the gospel, we have the fruit of the Spirit, as Paul alludes to in some part here, that we can learn how to both be taught in the way of Jesus and to teach those that are under our care. Parents especially, this is your children. They are put under your care so that you can teach them expressly, intently. It's all over the Bible. It's all over the stories. Your job is not to farm them away and let someone else raise them. Your job is to raise them. And I want you to do that. I want you to figure out how to do that. I know you're probably sitting there thinking, I'm overwhelmed. I don't want you to feel shame about this. I don't want you to feel guilt about this. I just want you to start doing it. Paul wants you to start doing this. Jesus wants you to start doing this. Just start doing it. Figure out how to do it. We're all bad at this. None of us have the manual for how to be a parent. None of us come into this parenting thing knowing all the things to do. I'm not even the best at this. I'm probably not good at this in some ways, but we have to try. We have to do something. We have to get out there, talk to our kids about all of this madness, talk to our kids about the Bible, read the Bible with them, worship with them, figure out how to train them and lead them up spiritually. This is what we must do. Do We've left them to be raised by the schools and by the education and especially by social media. And these are the children that we get when we do that. I, for one, want to raise my kid in the way that they will go and trust that God will do the rest. That's all I can do, and I hope that's what you choose to do as well. And in the meantime, I hope that God blesses you and keeps you, makes His face shine upon you as you seek after Him and serve Him with all your heart and mind and soul and strength. God bless you and keep you, and of course, as always, keep the faith. For now, I'm Matt Odegaard, and this is Church Public.